the my approach is very clear everybody is a human being at the end of the day so welcome to the next episode of uh, people passion and purpose podcast um, here i have uh, jacob peter um, a very close friend i i, I can actually say that <laughs> even though we are limited uh, our interactions have been limited so jacob uh, is part of uh, bosch global software solutions uh, he's the senior vice president there and uh, more than the senior vp i think i i've uh, really had a great conversation with jacob the personality so i just wanted to bring uh, that part of uh, him into this uh, podcast and thank you jacob for agreeing to come on board and uh, on a monday morning so thank you so much for uh, coming in and, and i leave the floor to you uh, hey thank you thank you pungi for uh, taking me on your show your pod- podcast and monday morning is the best time to speak you are fresh you have two days of rest you did lot of other things and what better time to talk than this so i think uh, uh, you you like now previous uh, just before we started recording you said you don't have monday blues so how do you get how do you get to that get spot i don't have monday blues sunday blues saturday blues every day is just a day uh, it's what you feel it that makes a difference and mm-hmm. you can't blame the day for so uh, whether it's monday sunday tuesday wednesday uh, at the end of the day uh, time is the most precious thing we have right you cannot uh, brand it uh, under any other guys of course there are going to be days when uh, it's not going to be the best of days for you just because of something would have happened something didn't go right but it has nothing to do with the day it is just got to do with you as a person and what you're going through and that can happen on any day i mean basically monday uh, is a good day because uh, it's, a, it's 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 something that uh, from a two day break you come and you're fresh uh, typically i try to be fresh in the morning every day uh, but you would have had a break and you're coming on a different context so that's the only difference otherwise every day is a good day uh, that is that is good so jacob you you tell us about uh, tell us something that uh, you know uh, normally people would not know about you people uh, would not know about me uh, i'm scared of heights <laughs> so well, one of the things that uh, i actually wanted to do recently was uh, skydiving i and my friend were supposed to go to dubai and uh, jump out of the plane unluckily i had some uh, customers visiting me the same week and i opted out in fact my friend went right and did that so some other day for me <laughs> okay we, we we share that we share that i i also have a very huge fear of heights so you know i was i was uh, one guy used to pull everybody who used to sit on the uh, what that rack just 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 after that so i used to pull everybody and I, if i had to look down i was going to be like okay chakkar aa raha i don't want to go there so i am also there in the same category <clears throat> but i i have been introduced to your other passions uh, cycling uh, reading and uh, many other so what what else do you do apart from uh, you know being uh, being at bosch uh, i i'm a nature guy i love uh being with nature i like journeys uh i like traveling and uh, cycling is something i picked up uh five or six years back uh, the background is i have a knee problem and which is which is something that i got because i was playing soccer for some days and uh, my knee has got worn out so the doctor said uh, your knee is not going to last long <laughs> because you may have to get it fixed or replaced i thought what did i do with my leg so far i have not used it properly so uh, that's how my traveling saga started and i love it and uh, cycling is one of the way that helps me uh, keep uh, myself fit and my legs in a strong condition without much impact on my knees so it's a, it's a multifaceted like anything you take up it really opens up a uh, uh, different avenue for you i'm not really talking about cycling it could be anything that you do if you are really connected to, to that very strongly new people come in uh, you you are on a different journey and you you get to uh, change a bit uh, with something that you do in a very 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 connected way and that's that's been uh, something that i have been uh, very fortunate with 
and uh, traveling for me uh, i like uh, the um, stories that happen uh, while traveling stories behind the things that you see um, so it's, it's that very exciting and takes me to a different space and time so that that brings me to the next question so what is one adventure that you've had uh, during travel one you know automatically comes to your head when you say travel okay uh, one which comes uh, to my mind is um, i was i think it was in 2018 i was doing a trek it was actually an expedition um, to a mountain called as mount tilu in himalayas so we were around seven of us and this place is after gangotri there is the place where ganga starts or is is, uh, is the um, source of ganga it's called gaumuk so we have to go beyond gaumuk and uh, then the uh, it's a complete desolate space there's nobody there uh, because it's an expedition we were carrying our own tents and everything and going pitching tents and then going towards the peak that we were after so uh, we were close to 5000 meters i think 4800 to 5000 meters and i was walking and we were very well clad you know i had boots i had uh, uh, two layers or three layers of clothes uh, good handgear headgear i mean properly dressed for this kind of uh, cold weather and uh, hostile environment and as as i was walking i could see uh, a small figure uh, on top of a rock it was a rocky terrain um, as I, i i thought what is it it's some orangish so as i uh, approached and i came closer i saw that it's a human thing mm-hmm. and uh, further on uh, when i came it was actually a uh, old gentleman in saffron robes uh, with a kind of uh, rubber slippers and he was crouched and sitting on the uh, rock and uh i said uh, i was first of all taken aback that there's a human being there uh then i asked him namaskar swami ji i told him. he said namaskar uh, then i asked him aapko kuch chahiye uh, means do you do you require something some food or something then i mujhe kuch nahi chahiye uh then uh, uh, i started to move forward is it sambal ke jana means be careful aage thoda katra hai aur rasta theek nahi hai what struck me was uh, the you know in our materialistic pursuits uh, many times uh, we have a lot of things and we have we just accumulate things right uh, we accumulate thoughts we accumulate stuff as we go along and we have a lot of them uh, in our offices in our homes and there is a gentleman who has virtually nothing and uh, and he's he's supremely confident and uh, he is in one of the most hostile environments and very cold but he didn't have any major winter clothing except uh, uh, a robe that he had uh, and he was very simple uh, it, it it is a image i will never forget in my life because uh, it shows the other side of existence in my view uh the world as we know uh, in the corporate world is one world uh, we do business uh, we make profit in, in fact bosch uh, gives a lot of it back to society but beyond that we are all in a classical mode of uh, what we um, uh, say a success but here is another gentleman who has taken a completely different path very strong very confident uh, but not with the classic materialistic Uh, standpoint he comes from a different place and he is also a human being so that's something that i will never forget fantastic i think so so many things to unpack there um, <clears throat> so what's your philosophy in life do you prat about this topic um, you know people accumulating thoughts accumulating a lot of different things and and confidence and uh, Uh, the stark contrast in in the way uh, say we live versus somebody who you saw in in your trek um, so i can say as a monk because he 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 is there uh, so did you did you ask him did he sell his ferrari 
<laughs> no, no, I didn't ask. I really didn't want to get into this personal space so much uh, because at the end of the day, we have to respect people for who they are. And uh, this this is a view that I I get from an external perspective, not from having a deep discussion with them. I am just uh, giving a perspective of having seen because afterwards I have not seen a single soul there uh, because uh, neither it's not a trekking route. Uh, it's it's a it's a it's it's a desolate place, uh, and you don't have human beings uh, out there. Uh, so that's the only human being we saw uh, in that area. Uh, we were there for around five to six days. There were nobody except us. Philosophy-wise, uh, I think it's uh, up to each one of us to uh, uh, figure it out. Uh, the, the way I uh, tell people about the biggest philosophy is about birth itself, isn't it? I mean, uh, there's, a, there's something that my father uh, told me once upon a time that, you know, birth is an accident. So uh, often, we, uh, often we think a lot about who we are and that I is very strong in all of us saying I did that, I want to do that, I want to change the world, which is good. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, but this uh, I uh, is sometimes some, sometimes too dominating and uh, you get a feeling of uh, everything centered around you because the world, as you see, it is always through your eyes and your sensory organs. And uh, you never uh, filled up any form, you didn't stand in any queue, uh, you uh, didn't do anything. You just were born one day and you got it. Uh, we even to get a uh, Aadhaar card or a, uh, to get a uh, RT-PCR or a vaccination, you have to stand in a queue. You have to show so many records. Here you get life without any documentation. Uh, so the, the the biggest thing you got it free, uh, and uh, it's a blank. Uh, Slate that you have been presented. What you paint is up to you, and I wouldn't really belittle anything. Uh, it's, 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 if you think about it a little bit, uh, maybe you can paint beautiful pictures. But every picture is beautiful. At the end of the day. That's fantastic. So, uh, how much of this uh, uh, philosophy is is through your experience in in your childhood? Because I think it's it's standard favorite questions uh, for anybody in the podcast and anybody that I connect to because I think we we imbibe a lot in our first five to six years of uh, growing up. So how was it growing up for you? How was your childhood? Uh, any interesting stories, any anecdotes? Yeah, uh, childhood was uh, near railway station. So I'm, I'm very much connected to uh, Indian Railways. My father was an employee in Indian Railways. Uh, he was a Controller, that means a person who controls the team. Uh, he used to work out of Mysore uh, uh, divisional office. So our office was just next, I mean, my house was just next to uh, the railway station. So uh, till the age of 11, I lived there. So I could just uh, buy the uh, hoot of a steam engine. Those days it was steam engine or a diesel. Uh, I could tell which train was coming. And it was lovely because uh, the railway quarters is always uh, cosmopolitan. There are people from different backgrounds. Uh, and um, so it's, it's, it, it was uh, literally the, the joy that comes with, um, uh, you don't have to think about anything and you're, you're, you're basically free, as much as free as you can be. Uh, and that, that, that's something that uh, I'll cherish, the place, uh, Mysore. And uh, the one thing I remember, obviously, is when I was, uh, I mean, uh, sometimes people ask, uh, which, when you go really early into your life, which one memory still, because childhood doesn't stay, especially at three, three, four, age of three and four, right? I, I have a uh, memory at around three. It is vague, but I still can uh, remember it. So... Uh, I'd just gone out at three, three and a half, and uh, there were some other kids uh, going out, and they were going for something. So I followed them. It was evening, and actually it was a play that was happening in there was a railway institute uh, near my house. So I just followed them, and uh, it became uh, dark, and uh, I think it must be around six thirty, seven o'clock, and the play ended, and uh, the kids went off. The kids with whom I had gone. Uh, and I was left alone. 
and I started uh, roaming here and there, and I started crying. I remember uh, a scout coming and asking me, a boy scout coming and asking me, uh, where are you from? And uh, I didn't know my house, <laughs> so I told my father's name. And since it was all railway property, somebody came and uh, uh, finally <laughs> took me to my house and my father was very angry. And uh, uh, this part I still remember. My father uh, really, you know, <laughs> gave me a mouthful and he said, if this is uh, what you want to do, you go out. No, why are you here? If you can go out anywhere, you go out. Then I just walked out. <laughs> so he asked me to go out. For me, it was a very literal uh, thing. There's nothing more, right? He's asking me to go out. So I went out. I just walked out of the house. And then he also didn't expect, I think, for a kid to do that. Then after some time, he called me like, you can come. <laughs> uh, okay. I, that's the earliest memory I have of uh, getting lost and <laughs> found. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> this, one, this one is really good. Uh, and then uh, I think we all of all of us have had that uh, you know standard you know uh, uh, parents dialogue saying that okay if you if you don't study we'll put you into you know uh, you, you will only be clothes or you know wash the floor you'll have to become somebody like a driver maximum this is it and um, I also know of a friend of mine who's actually been like okay I'm going now and then he went out of the house take took a bag <laughs> took water bottles and went out. <laughs> So, yeah this this is uh, quite interesting so how was your schooling so were you were you those who were very studious or uh, were you those no. naughty I, I i was an average guy uh, you know uh, never at the top and uh, basically i never understood why i should study uh, so it never could figure out uh, in my entire life even after engineering <laughs> so it, it was always a problem for me uh, that uh, you had to learn things, uh, uh, whether it's English, maths, uh, you, you couldn't really understand what are you going to do with all of this that you're learning, right? So, uh, but you had to get through that, uh, uh, that phase where it's competitive and you need to be good in that. Uh, but around uh, 60 to 70% of what I, what I was learning, I didn't understand. Uh, so it was more of getting marks and uh, so uh, the only thing that I really remember uh, uh, once was it was in 600. I uh, I think I got a rank which was in 20s or 30s or something, the new rank, uh, 20s I think. Uh, and I, I was afraid of uh, showing this to uh, in my house. Because you are going to get your book and sign. That's it. So I tried fudging the, I tried fudging the signature. <laughs> the bloody thing that punched didn't work out. So uh, then I, I was in a dilemma uh, what to do. The punch didn't work well. And I can't give it back to school also. So I tore the report card and threw it out. And uh, then when I go to school, there are Sarah's me. Where's the report card? Where's the report card? It's a problem now. I can't. So I started bunking school. So three days straight, I bunked school. I was going to a park uh, near my school. It's called, I don't know if you know, even now the park is there. It's in Yadavari, known as Chilwamba Park. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in <laughs> The third day, two of my clothes uh, was sent home uh, by my class teacher. Mm -hmm. And that day, in the evening, I mean, daily morning I go as if I go to school and I come back. <laughs> I'm not going to school, that's all. That day evening, the same routine, I come back. <laughs> I get a sound thrashing. That sums up uh, what I was, right? I mean, given a chance, I just wanted to uh, play from morning to evening. Anything, uh, cricket, whatever it is. I just uh, was not very keen about school. School also was more about being with uh, friends and uh, 
playing, uh, you know, going around. Uh, I was once caught uh, uh, <laughs> stealing uh, these gooseberries from one house. <laughs> so those are very interesting, uh, rather than uh, uh, studying. Uh, and studying for me was just another another excuse to be with friends. Uh, amazing. I, th I think you, you uh, uh, growing up, uh, uh, the generation that you were, I think you had access to a free space, you had green places, you had friends, you had places to play. And uh, I think with, with time, it, it's come to a point where you don't have a field, you don't have places to play. So uh, how, how's, how are your kids now that now that you look at your the kids' generation to them playing versus you playing? Do you think you had uh, a lot more fun than them? I, I don't want to be judgmental on uh, the concept of fun. Uh, it's it's uh, again uh, an individual's prerogative as to what he or she finds as uh, fun and what makes him or her happy. But I definitely uh, have a feeling that as uh, uh, human beings, we are uh, creatures uh, who actually work on sensory perception the touch and feel of things and uh, that that does make us uh, that's how we have evolved so that's a part of us uh, so possibly that is a little bit limited not little bit severely limited uh, in the current world because of the virtual world that we are um, related to whether it be the games whether it be connections a lot of that happens over mobile and uh, the virtual media while when we grew up since it was not there uh, it was all physical, like uh, you run and play, right? Uh, or whatever they call it, and Nagori, uh, and then Dili Dugri, that is the top, and uh, then you have uh, uh, kite flying. Then we used to play something called this tiki. I don't know. This is the cigarette uh, pack, right? You go and collect cigarette mm -hmm. pack, and uh, you make. A, flat uh, thing out of that uh, cigarette pack and each of the brands have different value and you put it in a round and you take a flat uh, stone and try to hit out and we used to get into all dump yards to uh, collect these <laughs> cigarette packs uh, but but the whole point was uh, the, 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 there was always the physicality right you do it and, and, and you also uh, you know fight with kids uh, used to be really physical uh, fights uh, where you get into that and and the, the kabaddi was there which was a very physical game uh, so I, I i felt uh, it's, it's it's a part of growing up which uh, also uh, brings out your social skills much more stronger uh, and that has uh, really helped me uh, as a person also uh, in dealing uh, with uh, people at and and every strata of society uh, so since it was a, I was in a railway quarters. Um, we had uh, sons of officers, uh, doctors, uh, people who were uh, staying in small sheds, so porters, and all that. No? Everybody, all of us used to play together. And uh, I think today's virtual world uh, possibly helps you in connecting across the globe. Uh, this is something which is very different, which we didn't have. Uh, you can connect with any, anybody across the world. Uh, you can possibly discuss on multiple subjects. And uh, if, you, if you are really uh, talented, you can uh, really get your talent seen by a wide set of people, which this is, this is a big advantage of today's world. But I feel what they miss out is the physicality of things, like talking to face-to-face, -face, playing uh, games where uh, you know, people connect with each other in the same space and time. I think that's something uh, people miss out. So there is positives and there is something that lo lose out uh, on. Uh, I, I wouldn't call it that uh, they're disadvantaged, but yes, they're missing out on some things. <laughs> Absolutely. I think uh, I, I also, you know, uh, I think summer holidays were completely out, out, outside the uh, outside the house. We only came to drink water, have uh, dinner and uh, sometimes lunch. I think we skipped lunch at so many times uh, and, and uh, uh, we used to play. I think I learned a lot about uh, conflicts and, you know, just getting uh, sure, making sure we don't get scolded by whoever is your neighbor. <laughs> Hit and run. 
if it go to there yeah. just go hide somewhere or you know we used to and then many of our ball rescue missions were actually like military <laughs> to have one body or somebody looking up somebody looking different places somebody had to go jump in get into the mori get the ball get get so many things i think our social skills you put it perfect uh, you know it, it sort of changed uh, and it sort of grew with uh, these uh, these things and our birthday parties were also very very different so we had people actually coming in just just to wish you and and uh, so many things uh, like that uh, are different <clears throat> so maybe a, a little a little on a, a tricky question so were you a back bencher front bencher did you copy in exam <laughs> copy yeah. not so much but uh, i mean not the chit kind of copying right there are different kinds of copying copying has different levels uh, one level is where you just casually look at the neighbor and try to uh, copy what he, he or she has written that i have done two or three times but i never done the chit copying chit copying is for the evolved uh, i mean uh, you you need to be a grade you need to arrive there to do a chit copying and there are multiple ways how they used to keep chits and copy a lot of my friends used to do it but i was never good at that so i never done that uh, in engineering college we used to do it uh, much more but then that's a uh, different kind of copying where you come to the bluebird book and you try to write the answers first <laughs> uh, those kind of things yes uh, so basically for me anyway uh, uh, studies uh, or the why you want to do all this was not very clear uh, so the, the test itself was not a big deal uh, because at the end of the day you need to pass and get through this bloody system that's all uh, it was not really helping you in any way or i i neither did have a clear idea of what i wanted to become uh, so uh, it's not that uh, you were already clear that this is what i wanted to be. like of things like that some people lack that clarity but i never had it <laughs> i think i i, I it, it's the same here so everybody was moving towards engineering and then uh, uh, eventually yeah. to came here and then i discovered yeah i, I was i was good enough uh, so when when was this change for you so when did you uh, sort of make that change of uh, when that when did that why come to you why for what why 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 did you uh, why did you get into this engineering roles or why did, uh, why getting to automotive why ah, engineering okay. engineering uh, was more by uh, elimination uh, like uh, the chances uh, the choices i had was uh, either you need to get into those days arts uh, which is which is more of history and economics I'm not so much keen on that the other part was uh, uh the accountancy this this was the dominant themes when i was uh, growing up you didn't have so many choices either or then you talk about uh, uh medicine uh, i was more of an analytical bent i used to rip apart things and uh, make it again so i had that feeling of uh, wanting to build things so engineering was uh, more by uh, elimination and uh, that that was the choice uh, that i felt suited me i feel in retrospect it was right because it was something which suit my way of uh, um, doing things because basically i'm a problem solver and analytical guy kind of guy but it was not thought like that when i entered this interesting <clears throat> so what one uh, one stereotype jacob so you you're you're in the leadership space for quite some time so what is one stereotype uh, that maybe you found uh, to be completely you know way off target stereotype uh, from a leadership yeah from a leadership point of view the stereotype not only for uh, <laughs> me but uh, as i have uh, Uh, been in this uh, you know enterprises corporate for some time now or close to three decades um, one thing about leadership is uh, there's a classical notion of leader that you have to drive and be seen in the front driving things uh, i feel that needs a change because uh, i think the point uh, where you could drive everything 
comes from a thinking that experience uh, with experience you become wiser and uh, you have a better perspective of things so that you can uh, drive your followers or that world doesn't exist now because knowledge is very very uh, uniformly distributed and that potential difference could be very different with different does with different people so you have to be a more of a collaborator and in many cases you may have to work from the back that means uh, you may need to hold people and give them the space to uh, achieve and take risks uh, at that uh, possibly is a notion of leadership that requires a little bit more attention and change so what kind of a leader are you then <laughs> you are the one who i am again again uh, when you call a leader uh, there are aspects uh, where generally the society or an organization expects from you uh, to lead right uh, my style is more of trying to get people together and make them create the magic so i have always been somebody who number one uh, uh, look at the uh, uh, chemistry of uh, people and how they gel together to create something which possibly they couldn't have done otherwise so it's more of a, uh, a person who uh, is not so much leading from the front but being there and supporting the team to achieve results and possibly i'm uh, underlined in that so that i have some uh, uh, some perspective which others may not have just assume you are you are on the on the top of a mast of a boat or a ship you have a perspective this just because of your vantage position you have that's all and that you can use for the uh, team uh, so that they uh, can be successful and the team is the boat uh, and it includes everybody uh, and you just uh, are one of the roles in that uh, so i see myself like that that's that, that that's actually a very uh, interesting view to have you you're somebody like an architect so you know how things have to be uh, you're, you're you're at a better vantage point uh, and i think you said 3 years of of experience in in this space so what's uh, uh, maybe one incident that stays with you uh, maybe a funny incident over three decades something that really you know broke your laughter <laughs> funny incident Oh, that would have been very. I mean, I'll, I'll go back to my early days uh, when, uh, as a rookie engineer, I was asked to lead a team, uh, and these were all aged forty, uh, fifty plus, around uh, five or six of them, and I had to go to a. I was I was working in Bharat Electronics those days. I I had to go to one of the army units and commission a set of. Uh, 12 radars. These are big ones, and this uh, activity goes on for one to one and a half months. And you have to get a sign off from the army uh, head there, the commanding officer, and then you come back. So in one of such missions, I was going to Buj. Buj is in Gujarat, and um, I bought. A, so while coming back, I bought two swords, right? and uh, these are swords these are not uh, sharpened swords but they are in a sheath and it's in a decorated sheath mm-hmm. you get it in gujarat rajasthan and we were coming through mumbai uh, so mumbai there was a stopover uh, between the train coming to bangalore and this was from gandhinagar for around 6 to 7 hours so i with couple of younger guys said that i will just go out go to gateway of india this roma road and come back and the three older gentlemen uh, whom i was leading they told them can you if you are not going around can you be in this place and anyway the baggage is there and these two swords were also there one thing i forgot was that was very close to the blast that had happened in mumbai and afterwards when i came back i had a mouthful from these guys because the police caught them <laughs> with these swords and they were living so angry with me that 
I just had to take whatever they had to say because the mistake was with me. Uh, I shouldn't have done that. But I, I never thought that uh, this decorative sword would get them into so much of trouble. And luckily, they showed their ID cards. Uh, there was some uh, ministry defense company and all that. And uh, the sword itself was not sharpened. Uh, so, uh, and we got away, but they said uh, all things you shouldn't have done that. So I, I realized, you know, <laughs> as, as, uh, it's not easy being a leader. <laughs> Very, very, very early in my life. Mm. <laughs> that is that is very interesting. <laughs> and uh, just imagine Papa. <laughs> their their plight when yeah. the police case come and be like, okay, okay what is this? Why? <laughs> imagine my plight also. All of them together <laughs> hitting me. I'm saying, you know, you know, you are. They call executives. ಹಾಂಟಿಂಗ್ ಯು ಫಾರ್ ಸಮ್ ಟೈಮ್ Uh, is that is there something like that or I mean you want me to ask you a question yeah you, you, yeah that that's something that i'm pushing so during the podcast okay. put the reverse the role so you you can ask me a question so uh, it's, it's it's a question i would ask anybody as a question i ask myself uh how do you spend your day so uh it's a, it's, a, it's a way of looking at uh it's right from the first question that you asked me right my question is going to say how do you spend your day what do you do <laughs> very very interesting so depends if it is a weekday so i am i am up and running by uh, around 9 ish uh, so usually um, office work begins by 9 and maybe around 5 5:30 is when it uh, virtually closes lots of conversations in between because uh, you know software builds keep happening at 10 15 20 minutes but during that there are lots of catching up with people so um, and i i built networks there uh, that was pre pandemic uh, and now i think uh, i usually keep a chat or sometimes i write um, so usually after uh, around 6 uh, 7 o'clock is when i start to unwind Uh, i am a coffee guy so there must be good intervals of time wherein there's lots and lots of coffee <laughs> and uh, i write i get to converse with people i think i i really at least over a week of time one or two very intense conversations absolutely there wherein you're like you you forget the world so people were speaking uh, that that uh, usually happens yeah i i i absolutely love my food um i get into that food zone uh, and then i forget the rest of the world uh, so in, in between uh, somewhere uh, work gets done uh, as if at, at sometimes an autopilot and uh, it's great great uh, and, I, and i enjoy my day um, there there's nothing uh, goes there so food food plays a very important role i think now phones poem thing mm-hmm. sustainability and so many other things uh, so day goes off just like that i i think uh, you know faster than that there's the meme that came the, what is faster than latest weekend <laughs> so days yeah. just like that so that puts in the question back to you <laughs> so how's your <laughs> you said typically uh, you know day off so how's your day off how do you unwind unwind uh, so a typical uh, uh weekend for me there is no first of all there wouldn't be a plan to it so it's it's it will not be a very planned day unless we have booked for something or we are traveling somewhere or uh, some movie tickets are booked so i i i really let it unplanned number one uh i uh, do two or three things which are uh, typically standard so one is uh i go for a longer ride that day uh, on a weekend so typically i ride for an hour most of the days that day maybe i ride for 2 to 3 hours and uh, 
normally i don't have breakfast most of the days okay. uh yeah so i have breakfast only because <laughs> it's much more tasty yeah. <laughs> so when i go on a ride i uh, uh, stop in some place uh, and i have a masala dosa that's something i love uh then i sometimes have a tender coconut which i also relish so that's the part where uh, the day is uh, standard then uh, uh the other part is uh, typically i try to catch up on a movie or something uh, which i not so much in uh, theater uh, at home on the ott Mm, uh, any anything new which happens to me i look at the reviews and i try to catch up on that uh, sometimes evening we go out for dinner uh, again um, that's something uh, uh, either at home or uh, outside play with the pet i have a dog uh, his name is ginger very naughty guy uh, so spend time uh, with him and uh, otherwise uh, also meet up with friends in the evening uh, some of uh, uh, my old friends i try to meet up so that's that's how typically a weekend looks for me that's interesting so you mentioned uh, <clears throat> masala dosa so which which place in bangalore or whichever place for you which 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 is best serves the best masala dosa <laughs> i think uh, There are multiple places. No, I, I really, I, I, my schooling was in Malaysia. Uh, I studied in Malaysia, so probably the Janta Hotel uh, there. Uh, then, of course, Vidyarthi Bhavan, MTR. These are the. There's there's a one place which has come up close near my house now. It's called Filter Coffee. They also give good masala dosa, but a different kind of dosa uh, that. The classic masala dosa is uh, in Bangalore. Masala dosa is crisp, right? This is a little bit more of Bangalore uh, and Tamil uh, Nadu. It's a little bit softer <laughs> and uh, doesn't have so much of that red chutney that they smear. So I mean, uh, okay, uh, most of the masala dosa is hyped up, saying that this is better, that is better. I love it. Most of the places in Bangalore do a good job. of masala dosa that's my feeling i i maybe there is a small difference when you go to vidyarthi bhavan or india but always more even most of the dashnis do a decent job so this this um, this this thing that you judge a masala dosa by its chutney so you judge a hotel by its chutney so how, how, yeah. is that something that you do or you know when you when you rank yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> chutney chutney the the Uh, most popular chutney is uh, from Vienna stores. So the the uh, absolutely the, the, the chutney is the key thing there. <laughs> mm. Yeah, especially oh. the coconut chutney and the and, um, uh, the cutlet based chutney, right? Mm. So I love the. So how good are you as a cook? I think you can actually drink your tea and. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, only push to the wall. I cook. Uh, so when I was in Germany, uh, I was alone for almost a year. So those days I cooked. Uh, for me, uh, I'm not so much of a foodie. Uh, so my wife, she's diametrically opposite of uh, the, the way I am. She just loves to cook, and she's a, a connoisseur of uh, food. and she spends a lot of time cooking and that's a disappointment uh, when she serves me <laughs> you don't get any major feedback <laughs> for me food is a function uh, unlike many people for whom food itself is a you know it's, it's I, i'm for me it's a function i eat fast i for me it's just that you know get over the food and let's get into the action stuff but i think Food is uh, one of the reasons why we live, right? But I'm like that. Crazy. <laughs> uh, so, is it coffee or tea? So, which is your preferred preferred choice? Preferred uh, preferred uh, tea, black tea. Uh, but when I go to 
South Indian restaurants, it's always coffee. Okay. I think I, we, we agree on that. I am, I've never tried black tea, but then uh, coffee is, is, uh, is the drug of choice. Yeah, <laughs> drug of choice. I like that. <laughs> Those are typical, you know, at least South Indian things. Masal dosa and, and coffee are your uh, go-to things at any any point of the day and any 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 day of the week. If, if that is, and I think a lot of, uh, I mean, South Indian uh, breakfast uh, across states. I'll tell you. I mean, of course, uh, Karnataka. You have I, I love Bisibula. Uh, that's something that I love. And in in Kerala, uh, I love Appam. Uh, and uh, Tamil Nadu. Uh, Pongal is uh, very good, and uh, uh, you have paniyaram. You can try that. That's also mm-hmm. something they make. Paniyaram is that in that hollow Pardu. things. Pardu. Ah, uh, Pardu. Pardu. Yeah. And uh, in in Andhra, you know, ML ML episode too. You know that? I've heard of this, haven't? but I haven't, <clears throat> but I haven't seen it. Like I, I've heard of this, but I haven't like seen it or tasted it. So it seems it was first served in an MLA hostel. That's why it's not this MLA hostel. <laughs> so yeah, we have very interesting uh, food when you go. So just uh, breakfast. I'm not going to the main dishes. Which uh, is nice to go to different places. So what do you prefer? Like a hotel or a taba roadside? Roadside, I mean, I, I, I like to explore food. I don't like to go, because when you go into the good restaurant, you know, fine dining, everything is sanitized. Uh, it's, it's almost the same fare you get everywhere. Uh, so I love uh, that, uh, that touch you get, uh, what the common people have. You know? that's, that's the best food. Yeah. I, I search out. And then you also get to meet very interesting people, and uh, yeah. food is always yeah. always the best. So have you tried? So cycling, cycling is one uh, thing which, if you are a foodie, you should take up cycling because you can reach places which otherwise uh, normally people don't go. So I think yeah. Uh, so normally people don't go. So are are you are you somebody who loves to tread uh, the un, uncharted path or uh, go through on the sectored? Uh, Sector or a set set boundaries or set stuff. No, I am I'm completely uh, uncharted. Uh, I mean, in all respects, because uh, I my philosophy is that because uh, when when uh, your own birth itself is an accident, to say that uh, I have planned for many things in my life is not an overstatement. It's just not true. <laughs> many things happen. Of course, there is a part where you plan it. And your effort and your plan uh, is is one of the ingredients. That's how I, I put it. I'm not saying that it's it's a game of destiny, uh, nor is it just something that goes solely by uh, your choice and uh, your direction. It's a, it's it's one of the ingredients. I mean, if we're talking in the food sense, right? Or the effort that you put in, the direction you put in, your thought process, your conviction, your confidence is one of the ingredients. There is also the other ingredient which because multiple people are involved in something happening and all of that come together to make uh, what you call as your life happen. And that involves a lot of people. I think uh, very, very uh, interesting. So uh, like how important is 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 honesty or genuineness in, in something that you do as, as your current uh, current role. So, uh, yeah. Fairly high. Mm-hmm. I, I call it authenticity. Uh, it has to be fairly high. Um, because otherwise, uh, it stresses you out. Uh, not for any other reason. Even for your own selfish reason, you should be authentic because at any point of time, when you're, when you're not true to yourself, uh, that will cause uh, stress in you. And that will, when piles up over some time, uh, it can really make you a not so good human being over a period of time. So you have to be true to yourself uh, in terms of uh, what you express, what you tell. Of course, there are points in time when you have to take a diplomatic line. 
which is uh, which is very much expected uh, in many situations whether it be in an organizational context you may have to uh, but you cannot uh, do it in a way that you do not agree with that that's very important uh, have you if you ask me uh, what what would be the degree of authenticity there are points of time when possibly you don't agree with some decision but you go along with it uh, it's 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 more with the belief that you possibly haven't analyzed it to the extent with somebody else has analyzed it maybe uh, he or she is right uh, to be 100% convinced convinced that he or she is not right my view is right uh, maybe also very judgmental but you cannot be non authentic on it yourself saying that i don't agree with that person but let me go along with it anyway. that that's a very tough uh, uh, you know thing to imbibe i think uh, at least uh, i am in that phase where it's uh, it's still a thing in progress um, so how is maybe yeah i think uh, we we've come through on a almost a 45 minute journey uh over so many very interesting tidbits so when when you look at your life uh, do you think there's there's been any pivoting point that after that this things you know sort of completely changed or did a 180 degree fashion so it's a good question uh i think uh couple of things they possibly gave me confidence i i was a i, I was uh, very very scared of public speaking i could never speak uh, and that has two two or three reasons for it one i was not confident of myself uh, uh, able to speak in english because most of my uh, life i spoke all my friends were all and i used to only speak in kannada so i never had a even though i i studied in english medium i never had a i was speaking in english because uh, those days it was not mandatory so it was all kannada everywhere so i never spoke in english at all so i never had the confidence of speaking in english so as we grew up and um, opportunities to speak i never i never took it up because i was scared i didn't know how to express myself in this language and um, Uh, one event uh, uh, when i was in bharat electronics uh, uh, where there was a chance to give a thanking address uh, and they asked me whether i would like to do it i said yes i don't know why is it i said yes i'll do it even though i was mortally afraid i never had confidence i did it uh, it was not a great success or you can't say that that was a but it it, it really uh, with the bogey of me that i can't uh, speak even one event the second thing that possibly pivotal for me is the after completing my degree uh, there was almost one year when i didn't have any job uh, we were i was applying for different jobs because those days you had to apply for job and and you had to get a response and then you attend an interview so that process takes time and i was staying in a village in kerala my father had retired by then and i was there and the access to i was not in bangalore and access to you know information and you had to go over the clippings of uh, what came in uh, newspapers and you were applying for that yeah that one year actually uh, i read the most number of books i have read in my life i would have read around close to 100 books 100 150 books and this was a collection that uh, somehow accidentally came to me from an uncle who had died who was a voracious reader and i just picked up whatever he had <laughs> and i started reading i didn't know who was and that's how i got uh, you know pg odaus and uh, uh many many of uh, uh, leo tolstoy i mean he had a real phenomenal collection short stories and and that really in retrospect i didn't know that at that point of time but it changed me um i changed my thought process uh it it, it actually got my vocabulary up phenomenally 
uh, and that I realized only when uh, I uh, started speaking that I could use words which others couldn't use confidently. So you see, in retrospect, the points of time when possibly you're going through difficult, and that was a difficult place for me because a lot of my friends have a job and I didn't have a job and again, it starts eating your confidence. Uh, those periods of time are very valuable. It depends on what you do with it. So for me, the free time uh, sometimes is the most important time on how you use it and that helps you. And only these two events uh, stand out and both of them in different ways. Uh, and I'm really, really, uh, how do I say, <clears throat> taken in with, 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 uh, with which the uh, intensity of your authenticity is, is really heartwarming. Uh, I think you, uh, you, you took us back to that place there. I think... Uh, in in that time frame, you you actually took us back there uh, to that part where you were like, okay, uh, you know, your first uh, uh, public speaking, and then you're uh, reading with books. So I think that 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 uh, has been one thing that I absolutely uh, you know really respect uh, when when I'm talking with you, and it doesn't feel that I'm talking to no. and since it's, since it's an official thing, so it. Uh, uh, I can actually give you a compliment. <laughs> uh, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't feel like I am talking to somebody who holds a very high position. It, it even though you hold that, and, and uh, you're speaking to somebody, it feels like it's a conversation between two uh, people, two curious people, to to get get things across. And uh, that's been something that I've really really enjoyed uh, in all our conversations. Uh, I spread of WhatsApp. Uh, or uh, face to face, and even even after, and uh, I think of one of the things, one of, one of the places that maybe I observed in, in say over the two two and a half years of communication that I've seen you be a part of uh, is that rest of them are in their you know very formal attire, <laughs> but I see you you know you know in your uh, Bosch uh, uh, cycling jacket. Uh, very chilled. I think the I, I the first leader that I saw who was very comfortable with the idea of you know jeans, pants, and uh, stuff. I I don't know if you've been you know actually observed this or you do this like on autopilot. But then this uh, that, uh, that's that's my attire because if you look at my wardrobe, around seventy percent of our round neck t-shirts. That's 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 what I wear normally. Uh, and the jeans. That's it. It's simple and it's easy to maintain. That's all. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> of course, it makes you also very, very, uh, you know, normal. Uh, but sometimes you have to dress up when some people come. And uh, by 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 today is that kind of day where I have a <laughs> evening. Uh, there is an ambassador of uh, one country to, which I have to host. So. I have to be dressed up for that. Too. <laughs> interesting. Very, very interesting. So, how do you like what what goes through your mind when you're speaking to somebody who's coming in from a different country? Maybe just like you said, some somebody from a different uh, country. He, he's coming in as an ambassador or something. Uh, he or she. So, what what goes through your mind? How do you, you know build that conversation? Okay, uh, again, this took me some time to get over because I had a fear of authority uh, early on in my life because of the uh, way teachers were seen and uh, uh, not very good at studies. So basically, uh, you always dread, uh, you know, many of them. I'm not saying all. Some of the teachers are wonderful and actually uh, many, many people who shaped me. But some of them also were a little bit tough, and I had a fear of authority. I couldn't really, and then this, uh, you know, early on in your childhood, you also are scared of police. I don't know why they instill this. Maybe our system also is supposed to be blamed for it. So basically, I had a fear of authority. It took, took some time to get over it. Again, like public speaking. Uh, the My approach is very clear. Everybody is a human being at the end of the day. Everybody is a human being. And everybody has the same uh, sensory organs, the same emotions as I or you go through. 
maybe somebody has uh, due to some reason is in a different power position that's okay that doesn't uh, mean he's not a human being so talk to another human being that's the approach that's all and always always do that whether it doesn't matter whether somebody is a head of a state or somebody is a uh, some somebody who's cleaning your uh, the road in front of you respect the person for what he or she does that's it simply and this for me, i i want to tell a small story and possibly wind up because i have to uh, yeah. i have a meeting now so the story is uh, i was going with my mother and brother for a wedding Mm-hmm. uh and this was in kerala this place was around uh, 10 kilometers from where i stay in kerala two villages and uh, my brother has a maruti attendant this happens on uh, 10 years back uh and uh, in this was my brother my sister in law me and my mother mother and i was driving the car and uh, we are going on a village road and around uh, uh around 50 meters from me a boy in the car uh we're crossing the road the boy the girl was around the uh, 10 years and the boy must be around 5 to 6 years and as uh, i was uh, close there was a bike which overtake took me at very high speed uh there was a pillion rider and a rider and it hit the girl uh at a good speed the girl actually flew and came and hit the road and uh, uh just fell down on the road and the bike somehow got the balance and sped off and i braked my car around 10 meters away from the scene and as i got down uh, the boy is crying and the girl is down on the road so i went near the girl and then some voice told me pick her up so i just picked her up and uh, brought her into the back seat of my car by then my mother everybody had got down and uh, there was an elderly gentleman who had told this and i got into the car and that gentleman also joined me and we went to a hospital which was around 4 5 kilometers from the place of accident and the girl was unconscious and uh, we stayed in the hospital because it was a village the news got around and a lot of people came and also her relatives came and uh, then i asked them do i need to stay back do you need any help from me she, they said she, they thanked me and said no 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 we don't need any help from you we will take care of it from her she had not then i got back into the car because my mother and father were still standing there so i had to pick them up as i was getting into the car this elderly gentleman came and told can you give me a drop there because he was also there only i said of course please get it and then as i was going to ask uh, uh, i thought he was well dressed and uh, uh, i said are you a teacher no i mean are you are you because he looked like me one for me he said no uh, i said if you are not told pick her up i was for a moment confused what to do because i was not presented with such a scene before and i was i didn't know whether to what to do he said yeah you just need to do it uh, i should not think uh, so i said what do you do he said uh, it's called it's a union thodlali that's how it called union thodlali is somebody who picks up the sacks and loads it into the trucks uh, you have seen it in many places mm-hmm. uh, he was actually does that one of the junctions in uh, in that uh, near that village and he, i said have you done it before he said this i have done it some 10 to 12 times and out of that only one person died Uh, and he said because accidents keep happening in that road and uh, uh, whatever it is i i helped them and he said once he was going with his wife and kid uh, somewhere in a bus and there was an accident he got down from the bus took that person and put him in uh, hospital but that case didn't survive uh, and by then uh, we reached the place where my mother i let him up he said i'm not well and i had actually come to visit an hospital with my daughter and that's when i saw this and i came that's a human being for you so there is no hierarchy nothing we created in our minds so in terms of impact that that person has done uh it's is much much more bigger than what i have done and uh, he was somebody who picks up the sacks and puts it into trucks 
So that's where I say that let's not judge people by the clothes, let's not judge people by positions, let's not judge people by age or whatever it is. Uh, often you come to know about them only when you talk to them and understand what they are. So that's why uh, it's, it's important that we respect everybody. And there, is, there are people who make a lot of difference, uh, much, much beyond uh, their sphere of influence. And for me, this, this is something that I carry with me to come back to ground and be, I mean, just to say that, you know, there are big people out there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now, this, this is a very, very, very touching story. I think I'll, I'll cut this and put this at the beginning. <laughs> you can put it anywhere. But it was nice talking with you. Absolutely, Jacob. Absolutely. So, thank you so much. So, I've down to many places and many uh, times that possibly I've not visited for some time now. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I hope you enjoyed this. 